Oh, I'm, I'm working on my millennial pause. Okay, so wait, let's talk about the millennial pause. Because you looked up what it really is. I, I looked it up for like 30 seconds, That there, just that it exists. It's like our generation pauses before taking a video basically on like reels or whatever, like on Instagram or stories. Right. So that's, what, like, that's what I'm working on. Um, so I guess it's, it's, yeah, so you can wait for the camera, make sure it's recording and like you're looking good and then you start talking. Because then you can edit it later if you want. So, but is the thing that older generations and then younger generations don't do it, but just millennials? Like, oh, no, then I, saw, I just saw the Gen Z shakes. So that's the generation just right above millennials, just a little bit older than us. And they like shake their phone and then they're talking while it's shaking and they're already recording um, because I guess they're not used to the whole like digital video where you can edit it and delete it easy. So they just start going. I don't know, but it was interesting. It's funny to think about that because like, we're on the older side, I guess, of millennials. Geriatric right? millennial is what I was called. I guess we're on the geriatric side of millennial, which I feel that. But we grew up with definitely like a great, good amount of no tech, not not advanced technology. Certainly not cell phones. Like we, I didn't have a phone until I was in high school. I had like, a pager <laughs> when I was in high school. I'll be at the movies so on dates, That's and so I'll get pages. That's the dumbest thing. I don't think not. I don't recall a single one of my friends having a pager. That must be like Dorkville. It was awesome. And then I went no, over to the night. No, then I had like some quarters and I'd go over to the payphone and I'd make my phone call. Who would page you? Like literally. Like my girlfriends or my parents. You were at the movies and your girlfriends would page you. That's such a bullshit lie. Like, I was at the movies with my lie. friends. Like I don't have to go to the movies with your girlfriend every time. Or, or I'd go somewhere else. I don't know. Like and then my buddies could page me. No. <laughs> if I was with my girlfriend. Like I. Stop. Nobody did that. I did that. You think I'm just making this shit up? I swear to God, nobody had pagers. That I had wasn't a pager. Like, then you definitely are. You're not even a millennial then. You're fucking geriatric. Full yeah, stop. I'm a millennial, but I definitely, I had a pager. <laughs> uh, I had the Nokia whatever, like with the worm game on it. Well, I had that too, but like before that you had a pager. Anyway, the point is like, you know, I do remember my mom's like huge camcorder, like the big giant video recording things, like all that kind of stuff. Walkman, like. Mm -hmm. well, hey, well, and then like the video I watched, like the lady was talking about how it's like becoming a social media strategy because, you know, the whole part of social media is that if you're going to post something, you're trying to get somebody to stop and watch your video. So you're trying to stop the scroll. Right. You've heard that term before. Like people are scrolling through mindlessly and you try to get people to stop their scroll. So that's why you get the the hooks are like the catchy thing at the top of your post. So people stop and watch and they're saying like, you know, the millennial pause is like detrimental to your post because if you have like a opening gap where you're not doing anything or saying anything, you're pausing, waiting for the too long onto the to, to, Yeah. The, just scroll like, huh. no, nope, no, thanks. Like even if it like, it could be a second and people are like, Nope. Well, yeah, it probably is a second. Cause it's like, I don't even notice. I don't know. If I, I'm looking forward to like, not looking forward maybe, but, this week, I'm going to pay attention and just mm -hmm. see, like, if I notice anybody doing it or whatever. Because yeah. you know, like, the way the scroll goes, right? Like, like when I'm picking out, like, a music for a reel or something like that, I need it to, like, like immediately, like, catch your attention or and it needs to immediately, like, be good. Or it's like, nope, see you later. That's bizarre. It's such a crazy world that we live in with the social media stuff. And then, like, just optimizing it and hacking it, basically, and just, win, like, trying to win it. But then again, is it's it, a game. is it a game or is it, like them playing us as pawns i think it's interesting because it kind of comes back to i remember when i first became a personal trainer 
I didn't realize how much sales was involved in being a trainer. Like you actually have to market it yourself and, and sell to these people and close the deal and all this kind of stuff and get someone to actually pay you for your service. And that was like a thing I had to overcome. And my saying was you cannot train what you cannot obtain. So like, even though you have good information and you're building value and giving someone a service that they need, you have to sell them somehow or else they're never going to get that service. So kind of the same thing with like, even though I, I'm very proud and like I put out good social media content that is valuable that people can use, I have to get their attention somehow first. So I have to like sell them on it so they can actually get this stuff and, and use it. Oh, hundred percent. What's the, the other saying that I said recently was like, um, or that I heard recently was um, nobody buys anything you get sold to. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. That's really true. Like we mm -hmm. have like, you know, the hierarchy of needs or whatever. We have our necessities. Like right. most everything that we buy, we're just sold. Mm -hmm. And now we're sold. We are sold a lot of things on Instagram. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild, which fits into our topic today um, that we'll go into in a little bit. But wanted to close the loop too on a couple of things. Wanted to catch up on personal life things since it's been a minute, but um, somebody was commenting, oh, oh yeah, like I want to hear about, um, I want to hear you guys close the loop on your sleep situation, talking about us and how, how we don't sleep in the same bed. Yeah. I th one, I room. think this would be a good like hook too for people's like why we don't sleep together. People are going to immediately think sex, but we'll talk <laughs> just about, but we'll talk just about the actual act of going to sleep. Sorry, we got to pick up the dog. Dr dramatic millennial pause. Dramatic for, millennial pause. Yeah, millennial like, pause the dog for millennial the dog. The, the dog that's crying on the floor because he hasn't had attention in 30 seconds. Scott hasn't made an appearance on the pod in a couple of episodes, so I'll make sure he gets in here. Well, he's all he's part of this sleep conversation because he plays in a big role of why we sleep in separate areas. Too. Yeah, he does. And if anybody, yeah, and it's kind of a weird. It's funny because I didn't did not have a good night of sleep last night, which you can actually probably hear my voice. I can I can hear it just me kind of talking slow but um yeah i think it's an interesting thing to talk about and i want to talk about it because i feel like it it, it it i i think that it might be a, a rare thing but who knows maybe people don't talk about it and a lot of people don't sleep together whatever but cody and i do not sleep in the same room and we haven't now for what two years was this when we moved mm. to florida it's been a year yeah i guess it's been a year yeah yeah so so basically since after we got, we got married, married yeah, we'll see you later. No more. That's not really why. I mean, honestly, we let's just like back up a little bit. When we met, we lived in D.C. and in smaller apartments and stuff like that, where we did, we legitimately didn't have two bedrooms. There was only one space. room at yeah. all. Right. We didn't have bedrooms. Right. We didn't have bedrooms. We lived in studios. Like we won't go into all that, but like we didn't necessarily have the means to do that. Mm -hmm. um, now and, and when we moved to Florida, we had. A two-bedroom condo right and it was furnished and we had space and we were both kind of working from home a lot so it just kind of we just started doing it and and i think to your point the other thing that happened alongside of all of that was when we had squat basically crate trained for quite some time mm -hmm. which he still is crate trained i don't think that he is not crate trained because he does very well on the plane and his travel carrier and all that good stuff but when we moved around a lot, we kind of got into some funky habits with squat by accident and just sort of eventually he ended up sleeping in bed with us instead mm -hmm. of in his crate. Not us. It was us. 
Cody, he slept with us for a while. Not very long, because I can't do it. I know you can't do it. But, like, when we were at my parents' and staying there for a couple of weeks, that was, like, and they only have, like, full-size beds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we knew it was, like, oh, hell no. I'm not sleeping with you plus a dog in, like, a full or a queen-size bed. Right. So that's so where it started. Because, like, that's where we, we stayed with them for, like, two weeks after um, our wedding while we were in transition to, to move yes. down to Florida. Yes. And I slept with Squat because I didn't really mind it. Mm-hmm. And, and I slept in my basement area. And you slept in the basement house. area. And your own. Which is awesome. You have your own little man cave down there. And I do. It's TV great. and everything. Plus, if we're being honest, compared to, if com- I'm comparing you and Squat, you're definitely way more annoying to sleep with them anyway because you tend to move around a lot. But mm-hmm. anyway, once we had started doing that, it was like, oh, this is, I'm sleeping awesome. Right. And it was like, oh, well, we don't, I'm, I don't know if I can ever go back. Right. And so when we moved down to Florida and then since then, so getting married really had nothing to do with it. I think it just was all these different life transitions. It just, we both ended up sleeping a lot better. And I think one, you know, not just the sleeping part, but I like the wind down part too, where it's like, you can kind of do whatever you want to do. 30 minutes before bed, whether it's TV's on or lights are on or you're listening to a podcast or whatever. I like to listen to a podcast now before I go to bed, which I didn't do really before. Mm -hmm. But now I kind of like it. It kind of puts me to sleep and I'll listen to something, whatever. That's just what I like to do. And you can do whatever you like to do. Right. And fall asleep whenever you feel like it. And I think like for me, it's because I do, I'm a restless sleeper. Um, So when I do feel like that I'm keeping you awake by my restlessness, I get uh, anxious. Yes. And then I can't relax and obviously need to relax to go to sleep. Yes. So it keeps me up. So then it, you know, it's detrimental to my quality of sleep. And I think that really keeps squat up, which then like, like that was a snowball cycle. Totally. And so there's definitely that. And then the other part of it is like our day-to-day life. We spend a lot of time together. All day, every day. (laughs) And so another like thing that we do right now that we've done now for literally years is share a car. We've never had two cars together. Right. Ever. Uh, for a little bit. Cody, that was literally like what, three weeks? I mean, yeah, but we had, no, a little bit longer than that, but whatever. We, for the most of the time we've had one vehicle for at least since 2019. For years we've had one vehicle. Again, we lived in places where we could walk or take public transportation, some. And then others, it was like one of us was working from home. I know I started my nutrition coaching business in 2019. And so that was that. We worked at a gym together in Austin. We went there together or found other ways to get there. I remember scooting sometimes or taking a bike or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we we share a car, which doesn't mean we drive everywhere together, but it does mean that we sometimes solidify, or, uh, what do we do? We consolidate our trips. Our trips. We'll, do, we'll go to the grocery store together. We'll go to the gym together. Things mm-hmm. like that. We work out separately, but we go together. Yeah. And um, but and yeah, and now that we're doing the whole Cody Westcott golf fitness thing and podcasting and everything else that we've got going on, we do spend time together. So I think it's good that we have like the that boundary of just separate time and alone time because mm-hmm. it's important. I mean, let's be real. Like I'm, I'm typically. We hang out in the living room until, you know, an hour before I'm asleep. It, yeah. it sometimes less. So yeah, it's, it's like no, it doesn't. It's a small time of the day, and then the other activities that people typically do in their bedroom, 
are done other times of the day. Oh, well, yeah, that's not a problem at all. So, and again, that's like an awesome thing working from home. Like you can kind of end working for yourself. I'm not trying to endorse everybody that works from home to just like skip yeah. their meetings or whatever. Well, I mean, I get why, you know, couples would want to sleep together. Like yeah, if you have yeah. children, if you, yes. Yes. Um, if, if you work, you know, in an office separately together all day, like, you know, you haven't seen each other all day and you put your kids to bed and you got your hour, like in the bedroom together where you can, you know, decompress and spend some time and stuff like that. But you know, that's not, it's not our life. No, it's not. And again, yeah, I think it's important to just acknowledge like the, that's why I wanted to bring up the other things we have going on because yeah, like for some people that's their alone time together or whatever. And that's totally cool. And I get that. Um, honestly, we would probably do the same if our life was a little bit different, but it's mm -hmm. not. So that's like kind of what works for us right now. I mean, the only thing I can think of is if, if, if some of those factors did like end up in our lives, we'd probably still want to have like, maybe if they, we would probably create some kind of bed situation that the bed could be together for certain things. And then like the beds would be like apart because 100%. there is this like, you know, not disturbing the other one while they sleep is really, really nice. Um, and it goes both ways. You've woken me up before too. Um, but I'm probably the, the bigger culprit. And then squat is just, I, I like, I can't be hot. He's a little furnace. He, he's, he's stubborn. So he likes to be in that spot that he likes to be in. You roll, he gets even closer. You, 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 he closed the space. You lost that space. Now he's like a, he's like an invading, like military force. That's like <laughs> trying to gain more territory. And once he takes it, he's like, doesn't give it back. So like. That's that it's a so it's a dramatic. it's a war that goes on in bed. And like when I had to put this like when you're out of town and now he's like not sleeping in the crate. So like he sleeps with me. So like I have to like put this pillow and like there's our barrier. Like you over there, me over here. You have your own I love problems you, buddy, that night. I think you just have your own like internal. Now you're just like it's airing all the, out it's all, all the, your it's all the war movies I watched for yes. bed. But anyways, I'm like I'm like hey buddy, I love you over there, daddy over here. See you later. It's amazing what a little <laughs> what a little fuzzy worm how much space he can take up. It takes it? up a lot of space. I, I sleep know. in a king size bed by myself, and I do not use about ninety percent of it. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow he covers a whole king size bed. It's wild. Well, we don't. Move and I've got like a fitted uh, sheet that has like an uh, I've got a bed jet. So yeah, it's like you this have cold air that goes on. on in there. Well, that's it. another thing too. Temperature control is a big one for a lot of couples. Mm -hmm. I think you and I actually. Well, I don't know. I don't like the bed jet thing, but like I do like to sleep cold or whatever. Like that's definitely one of our sleep hacks. Yeah. And I noticed that like my sleep is so much better in the winter time, just in general. I think a lot of people are. We're yeah. just better to sleep when it's dark and cold. Yeah, the bed jet's cool. I I, but, I actually like I like the chili pad better. So if um if you guys are listening, hook me up. But anyways. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's I mean that's our story, and I think it's um it works for us. It, I mean we get. I get really good sleep usually, except except for last night, I guess. But uh, I, like, was, I mean, just sleep is so important, and yeah. we train hard, and we um we need our sleep, and you know, when it's time to go to bed, it's time to get the best quality sleep you can. And for us, it's not with each other. No, one hundred percent. For anybody that has, <laughs> you know, that's curious about it, just try it. Like worst case scenario, you don't like it or whatever, but try it. It just takes one yeah. night for you to realize it's like game changer. Yeah, the vet called it sleep divorce. Sleep divorce. But. Whatever. It gets better sleep. I mean, I don't know. Like, we don't, like I said, like, it's just like, there's not nothing that goes on. Like, when we did sleep together, it was, we went in there and went to sleep. Like, there was no, like, party happening. No parties. There was no parties. It was bedtime. It's bedtime. So, if you guys are out there and someone tries this, so I want, I do want to hear from people. I mean, I saw a, a post on social media about it the other day and people were 
talking about it. So it's not not as uncommon as it used to be. Which brings us into our topic for today, which is like, I'm sure there's a whole other side that's like, and I've seen these posts and people are like, your marriage must be terrible. Are you guys roommates now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like all the shit, you know, and it's like, oh, this is so blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, first of all, if you go back to the history of like why we slept together, it's like something about the Great Depression, not having enough space or beds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably, it's literally that. had something to do with that. Um, I don't want to misspeak, but I'm sure it really does have something to do with the fact now we're just so spoiled with space and luxurious sleeping situations and mm-hmm. multiple bedrooms and blah, 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 blah. So it's like, yeah, guys, we're not in the 1920s anymore. We can like spread our spread out. Yeah, um, whatever the reason is and whatever the flip side is. like, There's always a flip side, guys. And that's what we wanted to talk about today, especially on social media or specifically on social media, really, is that. And it really has to do with what we were just talking about, too, is like the attention grabbing thing. It's almost evolved to a point where every topic has to have another side. And if it's not polarizing, then it's not going to get the attention of people. And right. so that's where we see the carnivore MDs and the liver kings and the people that are just so extreme in what they're doing. And they're they're religious about it, that it either if it's garnering positive attention and followers or even people that absolutely like hate follow or whatever people do mm-hmm. regardless hate, it's a t- follow. hate following is a thing hate following is a thing big time hate following i wonder if i got any of those if you're a, if you're a hate follower of mine please let me know that's like a weird pathetic thing but um people follow people just to like oppose them you know or comment nasty things on them or whatever and it's just like but regardless the people that are out there with these polarizing posts and po- polarizing content, they're getting views. And that's really like how you win the game of social media. And so I think it's an important thing to talk about. And we're, I do see more people talking about it. And like, I see creators that have been on social media for a long time that do put out good stuff. Like they'll explain too why sometimes they do do catchy catchphrases or will post like a quick clip of something that might not seem like something that they talk about. Right. For example, like, um, you know, I follow James Smith. He's got like a million followers. He's a pretty like well-known fitness influencer in the space. He's really cool. He's got great content, but he'll still post like the catchy, like how to lose body fat in five minutes type stuff, even though that's not his philosophy at all, but like to get to grab your attention, but he'll also then follow up and explain why he does that. And I think it's an important thing to do because people are always going to be reaching for the Mm-hmm. The oh that's attention grabbing or oh that seems like a hack or whatever it is and I think it's like what gets people going right so. and a lot of guys do that like what I see one of the guys doing the other day is like did a muscle up like on like a thick band you know where they do um like the medicine ball between the legs and like throw it up in the air and like catch it while like I'll do like a hanging leg raise just like you know just to get people's attention oh like the catchy moves mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah I yeah. mean in golf you know golf fitness yeah. is, is no um no exception. I mean, oh, we're, you know, you, totally. put, you put some exercise that's your first clip of your reel that's going to get someone's attention. And, you know, it, it is a little bit of what you kind of have. You, that's part of playing the game a little bit, too, I guess. It's the game. And so it's like from the business side of things, and we're seeing that now with building our business online of like understanding how to optimize and how to when to push out content, what to push out, what the algorithm is loving. Right. Yeah. And we're learning, too, that that changes on a weekly basis, literally like 
oh, it's this music today, or it's this length of content, or mm. it's carousels, it's static posts, like blah, 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 blah. And so the consumer, I'm sure, you know, people, I, I'd like to think that people are aware of that a little bit, but it's again, like always important to have skepticism a little bit when you're consuming certain pieces of content. For example, you know, like someone who is, I'm hardcore carnivore. And then like another person is like, well, I cure cancer being a vegan. And it's like, which one do I choose? And it's like, guys, like you don't have to, there doesn't have to be a side that you choose. Right. Different things can definitely work for different people. That is literally, that can be applied to any topic whatsoever. But ask the questions and like learn about the person that you're following. Look at their, I don't know, look at their whole, all of their content. Mm -hmm. Look at their website. What are their credentials? What are they, how, how long have they been in the business? Right. Or are they just a really good content creator and they have sexy videos? Like ask questions and be curious because there are a lot of these people out there and it blows my mind every time where I feel like, oh, you know, I'm following in my bubble of people that I like to look at and I know that they're smart and I know that they have good shit that they're putting out. But then you forget there's this just constant new people cropping up that have millions of followers, it seems like, that are putting out the bullshit. Right. So. Yep. I mean, so like, like for example, you know, I put out a video yesterday of me like talking about that the best exercise in golf or in fitness, uh, the king of all exercises is, is the squat, right? And then people are coming out of the woodwork, like to give me a hard time about it, you know, like in DMs and on the comments and things like that. Like, well, this person said you shouldn't squat. And it's like, okay, well that person says that. But then if you go look at like a uh, Mark Ricotto, like he says squat like three times a week. You know, and these are both professionals in their field. It's like, like I said, there, there's a contradicting thing for everyone. Like, you know, you can be like some carnivores, like claim that broccoli is evolving to kill you. You know, <laughs> like I read that in a book. I think it was the carnivore MD, right? I think, he's, I think yeah. that was in the book. It's like yeah. that plants are evolving to like poison you. And it's like, what the fuck? Where, where's, the, where's the shit coming from? Right. So it's just, yeah, for every, was it for every action, there's a reaction or something like that. There's just, there's just both sides of there's every point. There's an equal point. and opposite yeah. reaction. So like there's, there's just, there's just so much shit out there. And like, and you say things that like this guy was like, Hey, I love your post, but this one isn't it. Talk about the squat. I was like, bro, have you followed me? Like I talk about the squat all the time. <laughs> like, like most of my shit, like if there was like a, um, you know, like a diagram or something to show like how much percentage of my content is this and that. It's like the bigger majority of it is probably squatting. Yeah, your pie chart would be like ninety nine percent squatting. Yeah, so I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you love it. my post, but this isn't it. I was like, this is it. This is what I do. My like, my dog's name is Squat. Yeah, like this is literally me. I've been doing this for decades. Like, I've been teaching people for like twenty years how to squat. Ten over ten, like professionally in a gym, like getting paid for it. Like, you know, and I've seen tons of success with it. Golfers, normal people, eighty year olds, eight year olds, like, and for. You know, there's coming out things now that say it's like not good for your spine. It's like that. Yeah. And again, like for, there might be people where it's not right. Like I think what, what people need to remember is that if there is somebody out there who is so absolute and speaking in absolute terms, that's a red flag. Right. It's not like veganism is bad. It's not like carnivore is bad. It's not like the squat is bad. It's not like not squatting is bad. Mm-hmm there's fucking nuance and anybody that's saying like this is the only way to eat right. time restricted eating intermittent fasting like deadlifting is bad 
that's probably that person's probably just wants to get some likes and some follows and just I don't know um what do they try to build like a cult following type of a thing versus someone who's just educating which I feel like we do a great job of of why is the squat important Mm -hmm. why is deadlifting good for you and actually helps strengthen your back right why wouldn't you do the deadlift and here are some options or modifications not to or whatever i think it's just that's again where we need to start asking questions and not just say well i heard this on the internet from one person so why do they say that and you don't like it's like well because everyone has an opinion about everything and we are all allowed now to for basically free post about it for Mm -hmm. one and for two it's like so now we as consumers need to be a little bit more um just just maybe the millennial pause again, like take a pause, right. understand what it is that you're consuming. Um, and it's okay if someone opposes your views, that's also totally fine. You're welcome to comment on it, I think too. Obviously we're free to do what we wanna do, but um, you can still like like a person and in fact get along with a person and even collaborate with someone. You don't have to agree with 100% of the things that they say. Right. And like, then it's also, you know, your personal experience is not everyone's experience yes like because you did something and it had a billion variables of, of how you did it like how you slept how you recover what your genetics are like whatever um and something negative happened to you doesn't mean it's going to happen to everyone that's right and the same thing on the positive right like totally. just because just because i've been squatting as heavy as i possibly can for the last 22 years doesn't mean that this guy next door does it and immediately hurt fractures his l5 it's totally possible totally you know and just so like i don't run around saying things like from my personal experience all the time i'm I'm very like try to you know put it more out there as here i've seen hundreds of people do this this is what right you know this is what i've seen in real life work well for people in like mass quantities versus just what i've done for myself i think what'll be helpful in this conversation is to talk about things that we've changed our opinion on over the years because we've been in this industry for long enough and I think we both started out we started out in fitness with really different methodologies and beliefs Mm -hmm. and for me like my beliefs have evolved a shit ton some things have stayed the same certain things around like mindset or whatever and pushing yourself and I think some of those things are the same but a lot of things change like you know we've talked about how much cardio I used to do and think that that was what was best for my body, which again, maybe being competitive, that was one part of it, but didn't lift weights like I do now. And certainly didn't think that that was like the key to like a healthy body or a a good looking body or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big one, but the one that always comes to mind for me is like the, the days of like my yoga teacher training days and doing all of that stuff and doing like veganism and thinking that that was like a good way to eat because I had have, Crohn's disease, I really used to think that food could heal your body. And I like didn't consume or take medicine for my fucking chronic illness for a really long time. Cause I thought this was back in like the, um, like Chinese medicine and all that started to like become really popular. Um, the, what was that book? The China method, or I can't remember the book. I'm sure people are out there like, duh, it's the whatever. All those books like started coming out, Mark Hyman and all his crazy stuff. He's like super, super extreme on some of his food things, which I won't get into, but it was all this, like heal your inflammation in your gut and try all these different diets. And that's when I was like, 
oh, I'll do vegan or I'll, I'm not going to eat gluten or I won't eat meat. Didn't eat meat for a long time. A lot of the food stuff where I was like, I can heal myself. Fuck no, I can't. Like, mm-hmm. like that changed a lot. Right. Completely changed a lot. I eat way more meat and protein nowadays than ever before. And like lift all the weights and do all, all kinds of like total opposite things. And I'm saying this and sharing this because I think it's important to acknowledge when you like change your mind and that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to also go back and be like, whoa, I used to think of this this way. I would have agreed with this person and now I'm, I'm on the complete other side of that. Do you have anything like that? I mean, throughout my fitness career, things have just, I've just kind of evolved and like now I'm like pretty much I've kind of like went off a certain way and then now I'm like back to like what I, what I used to do. So, you know, like, when I first got into it, it was all just like powerlifting and, and, and then and then bodybuilding. Um, Grand, I never was really like a powerlifter or a bodybuilder. <laughs> Those are just the workouts that I did. But then you like made like weird protein shakes with peanut butter in them and stuff, didn't you? Yeah, when I well, tried to when eat I was, a bunch in the middle of the night. Yeah, when I was young. Yeah, <laughs> like when I was like in high school, I would like wake up in the middle of the night and like have my protein shake next to my bed and and choke it down and you know eat. I tried to grow my arms two inches in, in two hours and all these, <laughs> all these, cra- yeah, all this crazy stuff we used to do. Um, granted, that was a totally different reason. I just wanted to be big as possible. Like I just really, I was small and I got picked on and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to do everything I can to like get bigger. And then sure shit, like that took like one summer because I was like a teenage boy. You know, I was like 14 years old. Next time I was like, I was like 15, 16. By the time I was 16, I was like, 30 pounds heavier or something and I didn't get picked on anymore. Uh, but anyways, that was totally different reasons. Um, and then, you know, flash forward to like my professional career, right? Like, so when I started training people um, at the gym, right? Like it was all just like body composition really. So I was just kind of doing the same workouts that I had done with for myself, but like cramming them all in for some one person. That was like always the really tricky part. It's like, if you only did one session a week with somebody, it's like, what the hell am I going to do with this person? Yeah. One session a week. Like all I know is like a five day bodybuilder split chest day, back day, arm day. So it was like, what are we going to do? Is it going to be chest day with you? Is it going to be leg day? Like fuck am I going to do? Right. So, um, and most people train that way. I mean, there aren't many people buying four day a week personal training. Right. Packages. You yeah. know, I, it took me a, like a couple, like a, a, honestly, I would say it took me a couple of years to figure out what to do with that once a week person. Yeah. That was hard. Yeah. Um, that's what, that's probably your hardest person. And that, that person, from like the financial standpoint of that person, like they are spending, you know, eventually like when I worked at, you know, it's $125 an hour, $150 an hour for that once a week, yep. something like that. Right. So, um, yeah, I think like to that person's pocketbook, right. Like they, they're, they're spending as much as they can possibly afford. So that one session is super valuable to them. Right. And you've got to like bring your a game and figure out the best thing you can possibly do for that person in that one hour. Like, and be real, like how much results are you going to get in one? And cause if they're paying for that one hour, that might be the only workout they do that week. Yeah. How are you possibly going to get them results where they're going to see results and the only thing you can possibly do is get them stronger? Yep. Like they're not, you're not going to change someone's body composition one hour a week. Like, so that just really had to evolve. And I think that's what kind of forced me into like, okay, what the fuck am I going to do? Um, and you've got to learn how to really coach someone on doing compound movements. Like what is the most bang for your buck that I can teach you in one hour a week? it's going to be squatting, deadlifting, a press and a pull or something like that. Like compound movements, like 
you know, this is before golfers, like rotation and mobility wasn't really like a big goal of mine. This is still like your general population people that I'm trying to get some results and it's going to be strength. Yep. Right. So, um, that's where I really dove deep into getting, that's where my love of the squat really like blew up. Right. Cause had this great, like kind of, we'll call him a mentor, even though like I hired him at Washington sports clubs, he became, he was much, he was older than me like really smart guy. Been, like a Navy SEAL, like total badass dude, like knew how to train. He's like, this is what you should do. This is once a week. He's like, this is what I would have someone do. And I was like, stealing that. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. he, and he was like, he was there to like give it to me. He was like, hey, I'll give you all this knowledge. Like, yep. I just want to talk about it and share it. And I'm like, sweet. Yep. I'm taking it all. Good. <laughs> um, so like, that. that's what it became. Like, right. If you saw me like once or twice a week, strength, that's it. Cause like, that's all I can, that's, I have the most control over that. I have zero because we also didn't do like nutrition like you weren't allowed to like that was like a company policy like no you don't do nutrition so it was like how strong can i get this person how can i change their quality of life and it's going to be through strength training and compound movements yep and then we got into crossfit and then i got into you know we where we met in the group fitness like you know doing like spartan races and doing more like doing a lot of cardio but then you know like always coming back and that's what was in the so fitting for the post yesterday, like about the squat. Like I'm always coming back to those compound movements. Yeah. So even though like I've branched out and like learned a lot of new things, like now I know that I train golfers specifically. It's so many multi-planner movements, rotation, power, speed, like so many cool different elements. But what's cool is that it still gets to come back to the basics. And those are still the best. And that's what I still preach and coach every day. Powerful shit. There we go. Now, I mean, so, yeah, so, I, I you know, I, I didn't, I, I never got, like, deep. I mean, I, we dabbled in CrossFit. I got real, I competed a little bit in CrossFit, like, started doing Olympic weightlifting and stuff like that. And for someone who prides myself on being, like, pretty coordinated, like, and just how hard Olympic weightlifting is, that's when, like, I was like, okay, like, yes, on, on paper, this would be great for golfers to do. But realistically, I've watched golfers move on the golf course and in the gym. They, there's, there's not for the average person you see on the golf course, look at their golf swing. Do you think that's going to turn into a beautiful looking squat clean into a overhead jerk? No. It takes long enough to learn. <laughs> takes, I mean, the squat itself is a complex movement. I right. know that. It takes a long time to learn how to do that well. Yeah. I mean, I got I mean, guys, I got a guy I just trained a couple hours ago. Like we're still like working on it. Yeah. It takes a time. It takes time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's also what's really cool about it too. It's like, it does take time and that's what makes it fun is because you can kind of always be, playing with it, working on it, progressing it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not necessarily moving more weight, we've talked about this mobility going up, mm -hmm. form getting better. Control, movement quality, yes. like just all the yes. stuff that, that is required. And, um, you know, it gets a bad rap because, you know, I think everyone, when they think the, when they think squat and deadlift, they think like one rep max, crazy loads, you know, no, it's not, it's not what it has to be. No, it doesn't. Can it be? Sure. Right. If you're really good at it. But no, it, it can be tempo. We can work on um, certain phases of the lift. We can work on the concentric. We can work on the isometric, the hold at the bottom. We can work on lowering the weight down. So many different things you can work on besides how much weight can I possibly put on the bar. I like putting a lot of weight on the bar because I think it's fun. And I've done it for a long time. But, you know. You don't have to don't start have that to. way. No, no, no. You can, and that's the thing. That's some, you know, you, it can evolve in so many different ways. Um, but learning how to do it and do it well is invaluable. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, 
I mean, and there's a million different ways to do all this stuff, right? Like you can, you know, you can split squat. Like if you don't want to make the load that heavy, we can split squat. You can do single leg deadlifts. Like, you know, then you can really take the load down. Like if you're super worried about um, loading up your spine or something like that, there's so many different variables of things you can do to still get the results you want. And, you know, then you can build up to doing a heavy back squat or something. Yeah. And like, you know, in golfers, like, I think this is what, you know, I was getting into, um, I keep coming back to this, this post about this, because I think it's really important, um, is if you were, tra- if you were training previously to be like a bodybuilder or a power lifter, or, you know, if you're going to, especially if you're going to be competitive, you probably did like heavy squats and deadlifts like multiple times a week, right? Like if you look at a lift heavy swing fast program, I had athletes squat for nine total reps yesterday. In the entire workout nine total reps that's it it's not a lot of volume nope <laughs> granted there was a three second pause at the bottom so it's a little bit longer but it's not a ton of volume and the week before that it was 15 total reps so I'm not cr- i'm not crushing them with back squats even though maybe some of them should but that's for another day we for t- another day yeah teaching people how to um how to push and how to actually go to like one or two reps in reserve and not pussyfoot around the same weights over and over again, which right. we see a lot of in the gym. So 100%. I think we should finish off with our, what you're obsessed with this week, because Ooh. that's what we're finishing off with these days. Okay. So is that what we're officially going to call it? What you're obsessed with? I like what you're obsessed with. And that's what it's going to be for right now. Okay. Until we come up with something better. So I make it more, more, uh, more, more hooky, like that we're trying to like catch people's oh, attention a little bit more. I'm not really worried about that. Because so, it's at the end, too. So. What are you obsessed with this week? Oh, you're going to make me lead it off? I think I went first last time. Okay. Well, I might have two, so like, let me come back to one of them. One, okay. I really just want to say, because like, so we watch a lot of Dateline. Right? This is our, we just bought YouTube TV, um, mainly for like sporting events, but um, Dateline is what we watch because we like murder shows and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, we like so. we don't discriminate. I mean, we watch them all. Every murder documentary, every serial oh, yeah. killer documentary on Netflix, we have literally seen it, if not multiple times. The first forty-eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, we. But Dateline right now we is, watch is true our crime. Current, so yeah, so Dateline is is the one right current now. Current obsession. And so, I was just blown away, and I don't want this to be political, but I was just blown away by how different things are handled in the United States versus the most recent episode we watched where they were in Canada. And the United States, like these killers, like get let loose. They're, they're out on the streets. They're like, they can't catch them. There's certain like legal blocks to everything. You know, they can't like, uh, yeah, they get out on bail. They, they do all this shit. And like, somehow like they don't like, they're not like apprehended. And it takes like, it's like, Oh, two years later, we finally went to trial and then, Oh, we did this plea agreement and this and that bullshit. And it's like the episode we watched where they were in Canada like they went on a plane, pulled this guy off the plane because he was trying to evade the country to come to Florida, you know, to to get away because he comes to the United States, he gets to go by our bullshit rules and like not get, you know, got not get in trouble. But anyways, they pulled him off the plane and then they set up like this whole undercover like crazy thing where it was like, hey, snitch on yourself, say this guy who is gonna die of cancer in two weeks is gonna take the rap for you, and you know. They, the, the cops set all this up, right? So he, like, the guy who's dying of cancer is actually an undercover cop. So he tells this undercover cop, like, while he's wearing a wire, his whole story. So, boom, they, they got this dude, you know? And, like, that's just, like, also 
and like the show was only like 45 minutes long and these datelines have been like 90 minutes in the united states and like look at these canadians they just kicked this dude's ass yeah so the difference is like let me just try to summarize <laughs> like the difference what i saw was like they came up with a sting operation basically yeah they, quickly. Out, they outsmarted him and how quickly they moved like the yeah. passport thing happened in like a day they literally were able to be like oh well, we have to apprehend him because of illegal documents on getting his passport great done execute done Boom! It was like it was like a couple weeks. This, yeah. this guy was like in jail or whatever. Yeah, and he's in prison for the rest of his life. Versus, like, like in the U.S., it's like we got his cell. We had to contact AT and T for cell phone records, and it took three months. Years. Yeah, like literally, like yeah. <laughs> and it's like paper. You see them get in like mm-hmm. these paper fucking documents. <laughs> yeah, like recently, like, like, like how nineteen eighty seven. No, but like, like how America is that? Yeah, it's like this is bullshit. Like we'll fax them over to you, and the cops like wait for weeks. You know. Yeah. And then, like, also, like, similarly, like, we'll we'll see, um, uh, whatever the the tox reports or whatever toxicology reports takes take weeks, yeah. take weeks, or they have to mail something down into Virginia where all the secret FBI crime labs are. That takes months. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, meanwhile, these robbers or these murderers, not robbers, or are out on bail cars. because they only had to spend two hundred k to get out on bail. So it's been three years, so they're just out with like no ankle bracelet or anything, yeah. just like living their life. Riding their bikes. <laughs> yeah. Murdering more people. <laughs> so obviously yeah, again. Canadians just... So this might be a little N of one though for us too. We obviously are just comparing like that one episode to like I'm sure to make well, Canada no. has its problems. If but there's that... a full Canadian dateline, you need to find it. I, I want to see just how quick these Canadians just get shit done. It it was. Like they those detectives were different. Like it was so it was unreal to watch. I I might have to just kind of piggyback on yours actually, because I think that that's a really good one. <laughs> um no, but seriously, that that I agree. I think that um, I think Canada has this beat for sure with just how they got that operation handled. I don't know if it's funding. I don't know what it is, but I think we just have so much red tape here. And then like the state line thing sometimes can be wonky in, in America too. But I don't know. Yeah, it's wild. I don't know. I thought thought that was just like because now when we turn on the TV and now I think about that again. I'm like, damn, those, those Canadians just kicked ass. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> They totally did. I don't think they're known for that kind of stuff, but... No. You know, they got it done. They did. They did. Well, that, that'll be our obsession for the week. Did you have something else? I kind of wanted to talk about the, the live event we're going to go to on, oh, yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, we're going to go this weekend. And, and, and I kind of want to give, like, my little two cents about live, which I think is kind of like kind of a sketchy topic to get onto, but... Um, have at it. So, like, I don't, I don't really, you know... Let's put the politics aside. I'm just going to talk about just the golf itself. Like watching it, I haven't been that excited by watching the actual golf, right? Like the, the shotgun is a little confusing. Like they're all over the place. Like you don't know, like when you watch the final few holes, it's just, it's a little like, um, you know, messy. Well, it's confusing for you because you're used to them going from like one hole to the next well, versus you're confused because. It's, I'm not confused because I understand what's happening. I just don't. It's just not like well, like organized. Like you don't really like. It just doesn't flow how I'm, how it how it should, in my opinion. Um, do you think how they're broadcasting it could be yeah, different? I, I, yeah, and then like it just looks really gimmicky with all the colors and stuff on the side. I, don't mm. know, I just want to like see like I like golf being the old fashioned. Like I got like to go out there and play and it be quiet and just you know play my round. But anyway, so but you know. When we like post about it, or I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna like post some pictures of when we're there on Sunday because it's here in Tulsa. Technically, it's in, technically it's in Broken Arrow, but um, at Cedar Ridge, of course, I used to work at um, a little bit. But 
it's going to be interesting. Um, I still want to go out there and watch because, you know, there's there's no doubt that those guys are still some of the best golfers in the world. And I still want to go watch them hit golf balls and play the game of golf. Um, I don't know if I post something and people are going to give me shit about like, oh, I can't believe you're out there, you know, supporting Liv or, or whatever it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I don't put the politics aside. I just want to go watch some of the best players play golf. I know people don't really care about my opinion about it. I really don't care about other people's opinion about it. I'm just going to go out there and watch good golfers play golf. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, we're going. It's in our backyard. Literally, we live five minutes from the course. Mm-hmm. And it's. I love watching golf live. It's fun. I've never been to a live tournament. I have a completely different standpoint because I'm not a traditional golfer or whatever. Like, I just came into the sport a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Live sports are fun to go watch. And it'll be cool to go get to see. And obviously, like, a couple of my favorite players play in the live, t- live tour. Uh, we know you love Brooksy. I love Brooksy. I'm also a Phil fan. I've never seen either of them play live. Even though we've been to like three or four different PGA tournaments, mm-hmm. never got to see either of them. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. So, I mean, whatever. It'll be cool. There'll be like music. We'll be able to wear whatever we want. Not that you, you can wear whatever you want on the PGA, I guess, but it'll be just different. Mm-hmm. It'll, be, it'll be cool. I think there's concerts at the end of it, too. Yeah, there's probably all kinds of I know of Lainey stuff. Wilson's playing one night. I don't know who that is. Oh, she's country. She's good. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure if it was in someone else's backyard, they would want to go too. Yeah. Right. But whatever, that's what we're just going to live our best life. And there's a lot of Oklahoma guys playing. Yeah. Like Taylor Gooch, oh, right. Matthew Wool, yeah. Abraham Answer. So that'll be I'm really cool one. to go see. Oh, Jackass, I'm forgetting one. But whatever. There's we'll a lot of we'll OSU and OU guys playing. We'll report back to you on how expensive the concessions are in comparison. Tickets weren't crazy. Tickets I mean, they were crazy. like. They're 50 bucks each. 50 bucks each versus. Sunday. What did we pay when we went to the BMW last year? 130 each. Did we? Yeah, it was expensive. A person? Yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. Granted, it was, that, cool. Was a, that was a playoff game, but I mean, just what was it? We we thought about going down to match play and what they want, like 120 a ticket? Yeah, something, something maybe 150. We yeah. volunteered for that, so that was nice the first time. We didn't have to really pay much. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that this weekend, too. I'm glad that it's finally summer slash spring slash better weather so we can get out and do the things. But, yeah, lots of things talked about today in our podcast, which I'm sort of here for the hodgepodge of things that we went over. Some important stuff. It was fun. It was fun. Thank you guys all for listening. Um, Don't forget to tune in next week. We are always here every Wednesday at 12 p. Central. No, 12 p. Eastern. 11. There you go. A. Central. It's always hard. <laughs> do you want to go around like it'll also be it's the last 10 of... Mountain Standard Time? They used to do that Nine, on the... <laughs> Nine <laughs> if you're in California. I'm tired. I want to go get some good sleep tonight. Slash maybe caffeinate a little bit more. Um. Anyway, that's it. Speaking of caffeine, I figured you would talk about the ghosts. I'm going to talk about ghosts next time. I talk about food every single time, which is fine. That can That can totally be my thing. Some sort of food and beverage is fine with me. Everybody say bye to Squat. We will see you next week and goodbye. Say bye, Squat.